0: Did you think I
1: was going to say hello, gentlemen?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> I'm going to do it every
1: time now. I might as well.
0: It really threw me off that you didn't. What a letdown. felt like I was uh, hanging on a cliff or something, you know? <laughs> Are you guys going to
1: ask me how it's going out here in my my mobile home?
0: No, to be honest, I could care less. Yeah, I figured How's it going in your mobile home?
1: You you could care less than you do now, so you do care a little bit. Is that we're saying
0: a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm giving you the decency of caring just a little bit. <laughs> That's all I want out of my friendships. I just
1: want someone to care just enough. I don't want someone yeah. to care too much because then I start to feel violated. I want mm. I want someone to care enough that they know
0: that if I don't talk to them for two days, that I'm. Yeah. I have been in conversations with people that seem to care like way too much about something that's pretty insignificant. Mm. And it's extremely uncomfortable. Like mm. I I really don't know how to describe it other than that, but it's uh I don't know if you guys can relate to that or not, but Yeah, when you kind yeah, of start almost- to feel like you're getting prodded yeah yeah it's like i'm getting grilled over nothing you know like,
1: <laughs> they're not even they're asking like, super <laughs>
0: intricate details about like what i what i ate for breakfast it's like dude just just chill it was eggs and sausage all right like I, why do you need to know where the eggs came from what kind where of sausage
2: that? did it have casing what's the brand uh, Was see, it organic? Yeah.
0: where'd you buy it
2: Which yeah store? How, would, how late are they open You're giving me anxiety right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is, though. You just replicated it, brother. That's how it is. Yeah. Been there. Been there, done that. Yeah. Speaking
0: of questions. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say.
1: Dang it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean
0: to take it. Speaking of questions. uh, Yeah. So happy 25 episodes, guys. (laughs) Uh, I think that equates to just under six months worth of content. Man. I guess that'll, that'll happen next week. 26, whatever uh over 6 months for us cuz we got those that running start but mm-hmm. um these are as we recorded promised way in advance like these were <laughs> recorded like 2 years ago
2: and we're just now releasing yeah
0: I, I did feel like we were showing our hand a little bit when we were asking for these questions because we asked for them like almost 2 weeks in advance but uh, <laughs> right you know, we just we just like to do we're just uh, planners you know yep um anyway as promised we wanted to do to celebrate everyone sticking with us for 25 episodes, we wanted to do some Q&A. Um, so we got a lot of really good questions, and we kind of narrowed them down um, to some of the ones that we felt like we could expand on a little bit more. And then I think the remaining ones, we'll just do um, like an Instagram stories like we normally do for for stuff. So they all get answered eventually. But um, So don't feel too bad if yours didn't make Make the uh the top ten here. We we uh didn't want to do a f- four hour episode, so. <laughs> well we wanted to, but we knew that no one would listen to. Yeah, that's to true.
1: That's it. <laughs> true. All right, so uh, should we just dive in? Let's go. Let's dive in. I All got right. my beer. I got my Lagunitas IPA. Ooh, perfect. What can you ask for? I'm taking a little break from whiskey right now, so just I thought, why not just drink. The heaviest beer I could find at the grocery store.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good deal, yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, so the first one, number one. How do you see your music evolving as time goes on? I think this is a good question because
1: I think we've already sort of been analyzing this. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think last episode we talked about kind of not using the mandolin anymore and um mm-hmm. that kind of thing but uh i think i think we just always want it to be getting bigger and seeing it on bigger stages and for more people kind of changes the way you perform the music on stage and you know even mm. when you write it you know you just want it to, to be able to fit those settings um, right not to say like oh we just want to be playing for more and more people all the time i just i just mean i mean we always want more people to be listening to the music because it's it's way more fun to play a show for like 500 people you know right. i'm not saying like those intimate shows aren't great also the smaller ones but it's really fun to play to play bigger shows so i'd say in in listening to like more uh mainstream artists because I personally listen to a lot of the same artists all the time mm. and that have been around for a while, so uh, taking influences from them has been has been really good. I feel like you guys are the ones that keep me kind of abreast on what's going on in the music world right now i see it I see mm. it adapting like us staying true to ourselves, but also trying to stay with the times, you know, I think of a band like Kings of Leon, like I love Kings of Leon, but they're just kind of, it was on new girl. I think Schmidt made a joke. He was like, great band. They're just stuck in one place musically, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to be that like they are really good. It's just, they just released a new record not too long ago and it's just the same. Yeah. So, uh, some people
0: like that, but I think it's good to like diversify and, Yeah, I think it, I think it is right there in the question, like evolving. I think that's the expectation is that it always is evolving, right? Yeah. Maybe not the same person. Right. No, like particular goals or milestones, like stylistically, but just always being open to, you know, wherever the
2: song takes you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you get to that place, when you are aware of that, like that's, already a good indicator that your music's probably gonna change like if you're if you're actually thinking about the evolution of your sound and like where you've come from and also being a pioneer in a way and like taking the risk going forward of like will people like it or not like that's been one of my greatest struggles as a person even outside of music is like that like trying to live up to this image or this expectation and I feel like you can kind of do that when you start writing music and when you release content, like there now there's an expectation because there's content out there. People have heard it and they're like, oh, okay. So when they release stuff next, like you expect an artist to either give you something that's comfortable, that like eases you into a new sound or Mm -hmm. something that's relatively familiar. But when an artist completely changes their sound, the trick is, do they still remain themselves in that transition or are they like quote unquote selling out or like trying to right. become something else that they're not just for the sake of like record sales. And I feel like right. that's something we've been conscious of is like, what do we feel? What do we want to make? What actually matters to us? And then if people like it, they do. That's great. If people don't, then like, we try not to carry that. and feel bad about doing that because we're not the same people that we were when we first wrote a song, you know? And I think it's part of just like human evolution. Like you change as a person from record to record. Right. So your music should right. too.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I, I just reread some article that Need to Breathe, some interview they did. Remember when they came out with the album Hard Love and it was so significantly different from everything else they've ever done. Yeah, And everyone, like, I remember we all had conversations about it, too. Like, did they do this because it it was definitely a popier style, you know? And then their album that came out immediately after that was more in the same vein of what they had done previously.
1: What was that one? I feel like I just listened to that the other night. Um,
0: The one that just came out? Out of of Body, I think. Oh,
1: is that what it was? Yeah. And that was, like, back to kind of their... It's kind of back to their
0: original style. Yeah. Yeah. But I read the article that came out when they came out with Hard Love. They were saying a lot of that same thing. Like, we just felt like we wanted to do something new and, like, try some new sounds. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I thought it was really... It's actually one of my favorite albums of theirs, and I really didn't like it at the beginning. So it, it really grew on me, and I'm glad that they took the chance on it. And... Those songs live are super dope. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it gives, you a, it gives you a good chance to like build on things live. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Cool. That's well, a good question. let's move on because we could probably talk about that the entire hour. I feel like that's
1: what's going to happen with every question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we
2: have two questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next question. What is your favorite thing about one another? And then they said hashtag bromance talks. So, oh, oh, that's Sweet. getting
2: personal. Yeah. Well, um, you guys
1: knew I was gonna start this off. This kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah, go. <laughs> um, I really appreciate the differences among the three of us because I think that's kind of the glue that keeps us coming back every week to do this, and not, you know, not even that, but our. friendship I feel like um we have some different outlooks and we may be in different places in our lives but uh I think the three of us kind of meet in a place where we sort of feel like we're just figuring it out as we go you know and Mm. that helps a lot it helps you know for me like having a kid and um talking with you guys you know I hope that I've never seemed like I
0: know what the heck I'm doing because... Oh, believe me, you don't. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I figured... (laughs) So, that's good. You never once came off that way.
1: (laughs) That's what I wanted. So, (laughs) like... But that's been really good for me because I felt like, you know, we're all sort of just... um, Keeping each other going and, you know... We're, we're all here for each other to talk to, you know, not stuff that we don't even talk about on the podcast, just troubles that we have. And, right. um, You know, I think, I think it's very rare, especially for guys, um, to find people that they feel like they can talk to about the hard things. And we're, mm-hmm. we, we kind of feel like we're supposed to just be tough and easygoing about everything but it's nice to be able to have uh some friends that i know that i can i could tell you guys anything and there would be no judgment there you know y- you guys would tell me what i need to hear you know you're not going to be like yeah man you were right you're totally right <laughs> you know well like most of the time when we come to each other with that stuff we're the wrong ones you know it just we need mm. to hear that like we're understood know so I appreciate that about and both of you are very different you know there's like there's some things that I just talked to Nick about and there's some things that I just talked to Jake about you know because uh there's not really anything that I don't talk to you both about I guess it's just that when I first come to it's kind of like when you go to your dad or your mom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, which yeah. one do you want to hear first? Right. And then you go to the other one after because you need all these. Who's going to give you permission and who's <laughs> yeah. going to say no? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick's going to give me permission. And well, know. Nick said I could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks well, for that's... letting me be your guys' son. I really appreciate Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're <friend>. welcome. <laughs>
0: so which one of us is the mom and which <laughs> one of us is the dad? I already said that, Jake. I already <laughs> said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to know <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe I don't want to know the answer to that. I feel like you guys both have a a really solid um a solid way of doing things, and so like I feel that too, where it's like you do have a community of people that around you that like each of them brings something unique and different to the table, and it like makes for a great team. So it's cool like when we're out on the road, especially, to notice stuff. And then like when we're all home sitting around like in the same room or, or hanging out on the weekend or whatever it is and to kind of still see some of those things um, like shine through. But most most of the time it's easier I think to recognize like while we're doing stuff and I've noticed a lot like on the road how, how that plays a role in the dynamic of the team but also like personality wise so. Uh, it's cool to see like Jake's engineering mind that he like can create, you know, all this content for a day job and then bring that into the realm of music and like methodically break down, uh, rhythm and sections and even like melodies and, and the structures and things that go into like building a show and how all that kind of plays a role in like the tour. And Mm. then even in the people, like, that's applied to, like, how everybody kind of does their thing. And so that's really cool. And then to see Ty, like, to see you as a leader um, at home, like, with your family, but also on the road with the band and, and just kind of taking the reins whenever it's necessary. But also, like, you, you have a lot of humility to step back away from that and let people kind of show up and do their thing. So... You also have that at home, but it's, it's super interesting because I've known you, you know, pretty much your whole life, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I feel like the thing I appreciate most about both of you is you're, like, you both manage stress pretty well, I think. Um, and you guys might disagree with me, but for someone like me who is just, like, always at like a level, at least a level seven of stressed out <laughs> and I'm not super great about pretending I'm not stressed out. It's kind of refreshing. Like I remember the first real tour we went on together and like seeing how Nick would handle like things falling through or just like, you know, the van breaking down or like getting a flat on the, on the trailer. And mm. if I were in that position, I'd be like, cussing people out i'd be like (laughs) super pissed off you know and he was just just handling it calmly and in stride and even though like knowing him better now i'm sure he was like super worked up about (laughs) it. yeah he just wasn't (laughs) letting on (laughs) just very good about like not um i feel like anxiety is kind of like a, a virus it's kind of like wildfire and if you if you let it radiate it can just ruin your camp basically um And so that's one thing that I I think about a lot, like in times that I'm super stressed out, I think about how um, Nick specifically can be juggling multiple different things and you would never ever know. So um, I think that's cool. And Tyler, you're like, for better or for worse, you're my like super easygoing, always wanting to have a good time friend. (laughs) (laughs) And... That's important for me because if it weren't for people like that, uh, I would never enjoy anything ever, you know? And I, I say that same thing about, that's how my girlfriend is too. Like she serves that, that purpose in my life as well. We're like, Mm. if it were just up to me, I would never eat dessert. I would never like, I would probably (laughs) not drink as much as I do, you know, like, um, when I'm with you, I feel like I can just unplug and like just sit down and play video games for eight hours and not like feel yeah. like I'm not feel guilty about it or whatever. You so should. you're like my enabling <laughs> friend. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm
1: honored to be that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's the thing you, you guys... would never let me do anything that would be detrimental either though. Right. Like, you know me well enough to where if, if I'm going to do something destructive, you'll tell me no, yeah, I but will, I won't let you for walk fun, off a cliff, but you guys, yeah.
1: both of you and, and, um, you know, Jake, you specifically, you're the opposite. I i am the kind of guy that could easily wake up and say, you know what, maybe I should just play video games all day today, you know, but <laughs> it, both of you work very hard, and it inspires me to... Um, Was uh Anthony Bourdain, that he was like that traveling kind yep. of food network guy, he said, he had a quote, and he said... Um, I'm going to butcher this, but he said, every day I wake up and I go to war with a guy that just wants to, uh, well, he said, smoke and watch movies all day, Yeah, you know, and, and that's me. So I, you know, that's, it's cool that, you know, what both of you said, if I could be the guy that's like, let's, let's go have a beer, you know, and loosen Mm -hmm. up. You guys are the ones that are like, let's get to work. And and I've I've always appreciated that about both of you guys and, um, you know, Nick specifically growing up, we always had that kind of thing like where I was always kind of like the hang, let's go loosen up. And Nick was like, let's get to work and we yeah. balanced each other because we can, all three of us can be really effective when we can keep both of those, you know, the Clark Kent and the Superman kind of in Mm. in tandem yeah that's a good you know that's a good way to think about it i think i don't know which one's the superman
2: probably
0: the work that's probably superman but clark <laughs> yeah, Kent kind maybe, of actually. sounds up tight
2: <laughs> so maybe yeah that's not yeah
0: right. so, so who knows but <laughs> yeah um yeah we could talk about that the entire episode too so let's move on I'm wow that was a, a perfect bit. segue <laughs> yeah i haven't drank enough for that <laughs> question
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect segue
0: uh, number three yeah it was actually <laughs> if you could choose any superpower what would it be oh uh, this one is a tough one like because I'm analytical to a fault I think way too hard about like the practicality of superpowers mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I always kind of feel like some form of telekinesis would be the way to mm. go like being able to manipulate objects around me I mm. just from a convenience standpoint, like not having to get up and like grab things. But, um, you know, I, I always think about that. I was a huge Star Wars nerd growing up more than I was like a superhero <laughs> nerd. So I was always thinking about like the force and yeah. being able to do stuff like that. Um, That'd be cool. But second to that, I would probably choose like teleportation. The movie Jumper, I thought, was really underrated. Oh, yeah, that was oh, an yeah, underrated. underrated movie.
2: Yeah, so one of those can two can things probably transport himself to like the desert. Or Didn't he have he to, to, to like, had... see the place right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but he cool. could
0: like, tr- like I think there was one where he jumped into like bank vaults and like was he was yeah. robbing banks for a while. Yep. I'm not saying I would rob banks, but sure, yeah, I would. don't <laughs> think I would be a superhero if I had powers. I think I'd be like the the uh, anti villain, kinda. the the anti anti hero. Yeah, anti hero. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. I would that's just kind of do whatever I want. But mm-hmm. what about you guys? Uh,
1: I love that's this tough. question. I would do, I think invisibility would be cool, but I don't mm. see myself using that in any other way than like something devious. You know, I, yeah, that's true. I, I guess I could see like, like if a show didn't go very well, I guess I could just turn it on and disappear, you know. But then there's always the question back in the comic books: like, do you have to be butt naked, or you know, <laughs> does your clothes like do your go with clothes you, go with you? Right? Yeah, um, floating because I can't. I really don't think even if I knew no one could see me, that I could just be running around butt naked, you know, trying to right. do things. Yeah. Um, I don't see invisibility helping in any other situation than if you were trying to, like, foil a robbery or something, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think trying to be good, which I, I'm, you know, I think I've always considered myself, like, a bad guy who's trying to be good. I think invisibility would probably be a very bad thing for me to have. It's, yeah. You know? um, flying would be cool. But the question I've always asked people when I ask, you know, would you rather build a fly? Or be invisible, but when you fly, you can get exhausted just like if you were to sprint. Yeah, yeah. Or invisible, you have to be butt naked. But do, I does think,
2: altitude affect you?
1: <laughs> yeah, can you go yeah. to space? Or, there's all these, these, <laughs> but we're not going into that because we only have an hour with each other, but uh, I think <laughs> exactly. it would be really cool to fly because I think it would yeah. be sweet to, you know, if you're not, if speed is not a factor and any of that, um, that's kind of like the one, because we can swim, right? And we can... Well, we can, some of us. Yeah, well, not very well, <laughs> myself, but um, there's scuba gear, so you can essentially breathe underwater, but we haven't found a way uh, to, like, fly through the air as a single person without an airplane. Right. I think it would be really cool to just see all the sights, you know, just kind of like mm-hmm. Iron Man in a way, you know. If that mm-hmm. suit was real, which Jake comes... Still waiting for my prototype.
0: <laughs> Garmin. It's in the garage. Prototype one. Car. Got some work to do yet.
1: <laughs> that would be cool. I'd love to see places from up high and be able to, as much as I love to see new places, you know, just even on this trip we've been on, I think about how it would look from, you know, a mile high in the sky, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. that's a view that you don't always get when you're in an airplane, you're way up
2: there. and. You miss out on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's a hard question because I love superheroes. And, like, growing up, I read a million comic books. And, like, we always watched every movie and cartoon. So it was, like, it's tough to think about narrowing it down to a specific superpower. But I think one I always come back to is invincibility, which Mm. is completely different than immortality. Because I feel like if you were immortal— it could get pretty lonely to live forever. If like everybody around you are constantly losing people and like, right. Where it would be cool to see how things change and like how the future would be. And like just how things come to be. But the flip side is like always having to go through that, that like, I feel like you'd either go one of two ways, like you'd become really callous and walled up and like, not really have people close to you because you would wouldn't want to lose them but or you would just like be all in all the time and, and it would just be really hard to keep losing people over and over again right but right with like invincibility i think it'd just be cool to like be able to you know walk into a place and not have to worry about being you know like you can be the one who who could really diffuse a lot of harmful situations i feel like that involve people especially as of late in our country i feel like Mm. there's a lot of that where it could be useful um with just your bare hands so that'd be kind of cool right or like super strength which I struggle with this one because, like, how do you get jacked? Like, how do you go to the gym? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, are you just automatically jacked? Or, like, if you have a yeah. beer belly and super strength, are you stuck with it? Like, <laughs> right. can you work it off? Like, how do you? Uh, but then that's there's a good like, point. You know, there's that cartoon where, like, Superman's, like, bench pressing a train. So maybe maybe you can still get fit. You just got to, yeah. like, go to a train yeah. yard or something. But. Everybody has to
1: have, like, a max weight, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, supposedly. Think. Well, so, in the Avengers, well, Thor gets
0: fat eventually. You know? Yeah, so, right. See, that's I my worry. Beer can still catch up with the God of Thunder. So, <laughs> so you're telling me I'm screwed. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get fat, fat Thor one of these days, but at least you'll be strong. At least you'll be strong. Perfect. Yeah. All right, question number four. Um, if you could have been anything when you grew up, what would you have been? And then I guess assuming... It's not what you're currently doing. Mm.
2: Good question.
1: Dad always asks us this: like, if we're just sitting with him having a beer or something, he'll be like, uh, "If you could do anything else, what would you do?" You know. But I think he's always thinking about it. You know, mm. that generation, like, they got jobs that they didn't necessarily love because they were thinking about the future. You know. Right. And I think our generation is kind of like, well, we want to enjoy what we're doing now, you know. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever answered him like full gusto. This is what I would have done, you know. Right. I think there's always been like something else you feel like you could do, you know. I, I kind of come from the mindset that anyone could do anything if they took the time to learn how to do it. And I don't mm. mean that you would be very good at it. I don't mean that, like, I could go and be an engineer today. But I right. But I do think that if you had the time and the resources to learn, you could do anything. Um, and there's, you know, there's always YouTube to learn, right. you know. But I think... To try to answer, answer it simply, I think if I could do anything else, I would have done something much uh, quieter for a living because I do love the stage and performing and entertaining people, and I know that that's what I was— I've kind of—that is my, my strength. But there is a part of me that sometimes for—I think for my family's sake, I think maybe if I would have done something that was a little more, uh, maybe not as celebrated, but, um, provided just as well. Um, Mm. something that, you know, would, would make me a little bit more of a, um, a regular in my own house, you know, in a way, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know what that would be. I think that might be almost any other job, but. I've thought about it a lot of times and I just don't think that I would be as happy. And I, and Nick and I talk about this a lot. We feel like, you know, I've said to my wife before, what if I wanted to go, you know, be a logger in Washington or something? And she's like, you wouldn't be happy and then that would affect us. Right. So I think about that sometimes. I... I have to put aside the thought that that I could be doing something else because I do feel like I'm doing what I have always wanted to do, what I will always want to do and what I feel like I'm good at. So I don't yeah. really anyone I talk to that are like, "Man, you're living the dream." It's like uh, Yeah, but also there's some things about it that you don't really know, you know, that make yeah. it very difficult so uh did i answer it
0: i mean if your answer is just what you're currently doing that's a that's an answer all right i'm done
2: (laughs) that's kind of where i'm at too i feel like i as a kid i was always into music and and i feel like i'm really grateful to actually be doing what i've always wanted to do but there is always the question right like I think the grass always seems greener no matter what you're doing, no matter how successful you are, no matter if you feel like you've kind of like come into your own in a way. I think part of being human is always wondering what else there is. And I think being bold enough to like really chase down what you're passionate about and find a way to make a living doing it while benefiting Mm -hmm. people around you and like giving back in a way is kind of a, It's like a really, it's a really, uh, I don't want to say rare because a lot of people do that and it's not just like the job overall. There's particular things in a job that even do that. But I think it's it's kind of a hard thing to explain to somebody. I think a lot of it comes from like trial and error and like being willing to fail. But I think I wasn't really willing to fail a lot and I, I think I put a lot of pressure on on like what I thought it was to be a touring musician and like a studio artist and realized the hard way along the way that it is a lot of sacrifice and it can't come first. It has to be, it has to come second to, to family and, and like priority-wise getting, getting your shit together I think it has been a struggle. But then part of me, like if we want to really dive into this, I think it would be really cool to own a distillery. And to like mm. work around that atmosphere and, and environment because I love bourbon, but I also love the process and the history and and just like the environment and the community and being able to like be an escape for people. I feel like I already do that as a performer, but I feel like that's also kind of a place people go to kind of like get to to be laid back and to like yep. decompress. So. Mm that's a huge thing for me because I can be uptight once in a while, even though I don't show it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, having that ability would be really cool or like working. I always felt like it'd be cool to like do something on the ocean, like whether it's like working, I don't know, just like a quiet, I think same, like you said, bro, like kind of a quiet, uh, Maybe that's because it's the opposite of what it is now. But <laughs> being able to like escape and yeah, like, be by the water, like Hawaii or something. I don't know. Yeah, a tour guide. guide. <laughs> I, yeah. I could name a million things. But a surfing instructor. Yeah, <laughs> I could learn Nick to Nick that. First, I guess. So, Yeah, I
0: mean, <laughs> my uh, my default answer would be just like hundred percent something music related. You know, whether that be on the artist side or like in production or something. Um, But the more I think, like I've been thinking about this particular question for a long time, long before someone asked us this in our Instagram. Like this is a thing that I, that kind of spins around my head pretty often. And I don't really know if I'm the kind of person that's destined to just do one in particular thing. You know, like I've always kind of been good at, or interested in a lot of different things at the same time, but I'm not really capable of doing any of those things sort of like passively or just accepting that something is like kind of a hobby or whatever. Like everything I do, I feel like I do full steam and I like put all of my energy into things. So I kind of feel like if I were to get out of the corporate world that I'm in right now, I would end up um, kind of having multiple different things going on. Mm -hmm. And I really like the idea, Nick, when you said own a distillery, like I've always thought about um, owning like a venue or a a restaurant or, you know, something in that world, um, which, you know, a lot of people would tell you is a terrible idea because it's a pretty risky industry, especially Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've learned in the last year or so, but something, something about that, like, just owning a business that people go to and you can kind of walk in and say, like kind of look around and see what you built. That Mm -hmm. has always appealed to me. Um, But then also having other things other than that, like kind of a, this is going to sound really condescending, but having kind of like a little empire of things that you do Mm -hmm. that you're like, I think of, I think of people like Joe Rogan who has a super successful comedy career. He's got a really successful podcast career. Like, and those two things are, like kind of independent of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like they kind of they feed into each other and I don't know if one would exist without the other, but mm-hmm. he has m- multiple things going on. He's got businesses and stuff like that and yeah. I feel like if if I were to like go 100% into just music, I would always think about there's something else on my mind that I could be doing too, yeah. you know. So yeah. Um, professional jack of all trades. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it wasn't that your Instagram Jake for all a while? <laughs> I think it still yeah. might be. I mean, it's not that different from what my life looks like now. It's just that um I feel like I would have a hundred percent control over all of my projects versus mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um being an employee somewhere and then having these other smaller projects, I feel like I would have three equal pie slices or whatever of my life that I'm kind of in charge of. So
2: well, I yeah, think eat your pie well, and you have it too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: I think you're pretty, you know, you're relatively young to, uh, you, you, it doesn't mean that those things are not in your future. I think, you know, there, there's a lot of artists that start their own wineries or like brother, you know, you said, a distillery or a restaurant you know because um, you do a lot of traveling and stuff as an artist and you see how things should be run you know right and then you can you can make something that um, but those are a lot of work too, you know you think yeah you think about being like a restaurant owner uh, like when do you sleep you know yeah that, that would be
0: yeah, I've never been the kind of person that's afraid of work though yeah. like. I'm always willing to do a lot of work and really kind of run myself into the ground over things as long as they mm-hmm. are things that are fulfilling to me, you know? Yeah, yeah if you like, love it, then... it's not It's not out of the realm of possibility for me to be up all night working on a project or working on yeah. something if it's something that I am really passionate about.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
0: hard for me to, like, put in extra hours for things that I kind of you know, could take or leave, you know.
1: That's yeah. part of wanting to be there though, it. you know, like just writing songs, you know, you you start writing a song at seven o'clock and and you feel like you're chasing a good thing, you know, or you've got something on the line and <clears throat> you next time you look at the clock it's one AM, you know, it like you, you think it those creative things are um separate from that but you know any other person that like you said you know if they were a restaurant owner or something they'd be so passionate about making it so good that Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't mind working late into the night and you know you know you always hear that people that are successful you know sleep like four or five hours a night and um right you know that's that's cool I mean I think that's to be admired but also I think that there's like a level where you're just being stupid and you should
0: You should go to bed. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was a good (laughs) question too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that question. Um, Next question. Which three pedals can you not live without? Um, This really only applies to one of us. So maybe we can (laughs) say like three pieces of gear that you can't live without. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. Jake, what what about you? Oh gosh. Um, I guess I'll just talk about drums. (laughs) You know, I'm looking around my room at all this gear of like random things that I have. Um, Drum wise, um, I've really gotten into a specific style of like cymbal sounds within the last, I don't know, five or six years. Um, So I feel like I don't know if I can pick any three in particular cymbals that I would keep around, but like a really dry, washy, crash cymbal like the one that i have right now i'll probably never get rid of so maybe i'll say that it's a 20 inch extra thin extra dry i think is what it's called Minal cymbal Mm. um it's like the perfect wash sound that i'm always looking for at the end of a fill um and then some like really nice super papery hi-hats i haven't found the ones that i love perfectly yet but i hear them every now and again on albums and i can't ever figure out what people are using (laughs) because like the stuff that's on a record is rarely what the person play, plays live, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd pick that. And then um, I don't think I could live without my in-ears now that I've started using them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to 64 for some, some killer in-ears. Um, I don't know how I, I haven't played a show with them yet, but just after using them in the studio a couple weeks ago, um, I don't know how I ever played drums without them yeah like yeah. you know i when we play live i always had earplugs in like those kind of discrete earplugs, but even that like so so it's still so loud and then like you just couldn't hear what was going on mm-hmm. um i remember like when i was just warming up in the studio i didn't have any any ear protection in and i was playing super dialed back and it was still too loud and then once i started playing with my in ears in uh i just felt like my world opened up. So
2: that's definitely yeah. one of the things that I'll never be able to play without again. For yeah, sure. they're a game changer for sure. I felt the same way singing harmonies and, and just for hearing everything on stage. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> well, both Ty and I, I don't want to speak for him, but I know he really likes the LR bags. Uh, the the, the new, yeah. basic DI, the venue DI that they have is like, it's got a little boost switch on it. So when we do duo shows acoustic it's cool because it kind of lets you automatically boost your signal for like a lead part or it really helps like especially notice it on his baritone acoustic where it really brings out a lot of the low end and the beef so it's kind of cool that I can you know tweak mine and both of us use the same one so they work and sound really well together but I can tweak mine to kind of have more of the mid-range Um, and that, the high part and stuff, um, electric wise, I love, I really love, um, I used the pog a lot on, Mm. on ghost talker on that record and been using it a little bit for some of the new stuff. And I never really got into it that much, just an octave pedal, but if you dial it in just right, it can make some, some really cool layering sounds, but also some really cool uh, lead parts that just kind of yeah. like are unique. Oh, I love that. I'm yeah. shocked that that made your list because I know, About
0: right? three years ago, we didn't like, I feel like we just talked mad shit on people that used pog pedals all we the time. We did. All the Dude, time. Isn't it funny? To, I was talking about this to Justin in the studio, like just how different. Um, my opinion on certain like gear choices has been like, I used to be
2: such a purist and now I'm like, dude, whatever, whatever it needs. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's something to be said about serving the song and I think it's cool to, to experiment and play around. And I definitely, like you said, Jake, like I was always all about the, if I can't replicate this with pretty much like with my bare hands, (laughs) then then I don't want to do it. Uh, reverb wise, like there's so many good reverbs but I picked up Strymon's uh Blue Sky mm. and so that's been really solid. I love the space that it creates but I also love that you can bring the reverb in really tight and just get like a nice plate on there for just you know like it just I play it through a Fender usually through Fender amp and it just sounds so good. Um and then I'm a fan of uh JHS like they have a lot of cool stuff. I use like their buffer which just, like, boosts your signal through your board when you have a lot of pedals to go through. Um, mm. And then their Morning Glory pedal is usually always on. It's my one always-on pedal on my yeah. board. And I love that, too, because it adds a little dirt, but it also adds uh, a little bit of clarity on, like, lead parts. And Is that a boost or an overdrive? It's technically an overdrive pedal, but I've used it as a boost before. Um, yeah. I just switched over... To TC Electronics Spark Booster for my boost pedal, it. and it's yeah. a clean boost. And it that's incredible. That's been my favorite boost so far. But I could talk about this stuff all day just because, yeah, it's for me, it's like I'm a kid in a candy store. But right, we should um, do
1: a, a gear episode where we just yeah, that'd be cool. like talk about everything that we use on stage or even off stage, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. we probably should. Yeah, Ty, what, uh, what are your gear? Uh, you know, necessities you'll never leave without.
1: Oh, my favorite pedals are the gas pedal and the brake pedal. I use those (laughs) uh, when we're on tour all the time. That's kind of my job. But I think other than those, um, I do love that Venue DI from LR Bags. It's kind of an all-in-one thing. If Nick and I are flying to do shows or something, it's one that, like, we'll just bring that and – um, then we kind of have control over what's happening uh, wherever we are. Uh, I I have this pedal that has a vocal reverb and a vocal auto-tune on it. Um, I have taped off the auto-tune because <laughs> inevitably every time we play a show, someone comes up uh, and looks at our pedals. And yeah. before I had taped off the auto-tune, which I don't use, Every time a guy would be like, "Oh, you use Auto Tune?
0: Yeah, no wonder no, I'm it sounds." Use that for I- my brother, and and,
1: and <laughs> no matter what I said, like if I said, "No, I don't use that." Actually, that's just one of the. S- they would say, "Yeah, right." You so Right.
2: Like, you you only just started using that though. Yeah. Like so so within- I put a piece
1: of masking tape over that knob, and and it is off. And then there's a. It's nice because it has several settings of reverb on it, um, that I can hit, you know, like if I if I go up on like a high note or something or a just like a vocal with ooze or something, I can hit that and it it adds different layers of reverb to it, you know. Mm. Just kind of spice spice up what's happening, um uh that I really liked and then um uh you know using the electric baritone um yeah Whew. the you know, I, I've i struggled because sometimes I'm like, I just want this thing to just come through like it should. Yeah. Um, just the way it was made because it was a custom and it sounds really good. But um, I like to throw a reverb on that one too because I think it kind of, it really helps the size balance with what we're doing now, you know, like we talked yeah. about a little bit earlier. just, you got to have space on stuff and, um, you know, like a, like vocals, they will tend to reverberate kind of naturally in a big venue like that. You do add a little bit, and then you put a little bit on stage for us to hear. But, um,
2: yeah, that thing's an animal. Shout out to yeah, Veritas guitars. Veritas. We play a few of their their guitars. They're they're great. Yeah,
1: that thing's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even know what to do when I got that guitar. I, I felt like I just <laughs> like I. <laughs> I, it's so cool that like when I pick it up, it's like that thing where you just pick it up and just smile cause you just, yeah it feels so good in your hands and feels quality. Um
2: Yeah. It's a good ax.
1: Yeah. It, we should do, let's do a gear episode. Can we do that next week?
0: Yeah. Maybe? Write it down right. so I don't forget. All right. Now that we lost everyone uh, talking about <laughs> gear, we can talk about, uh, when you make cereal, do you put cereal in first and then milk or milk then cereal? Oh. <laughs> I think uh I'm just going to say if you put your milk in the bowl first, there's like a 9.9 or 99.9% chance that you're an axe murderer or something. <laughs> you should not be trusted to make cereal or any real important life decisions
2: after that how do you you get the proportions right like i feel like normally it's easier to fill in the cereal right so like you you make it float just enough but not too much but you also don't drown it and i feel like you just would never get it right if you put the milk in first yeah i'm I'm
1: thinking about this now though uh here we go (laughs)
2: what
1: what happens is you put the cereal in and you can either do too little or too much milk so you put the milk in. Say you go into the next room to eat your cereal, and you're like, "Oh man, I didn't do enough milk," or you put way too much milk in, and it just feels like you're eating like milk soup with some cereal yeah. in it, right? But
0: if you get too much milk, then you can get another bowl, right? You know, yeah. You I wonder. Always, I it, it's like chips and salsa. It's like if you run out of chips or you run out of salsa, you get more chips and yeah. or whatever. You know, but uh, mm. I don't know. I I always feel like the most important part of the of that dish or whatever you want to call it is the cereal, cereal. the essence <laughs> is the cereal right Three years out of a dish bro we gotta have a conversation <laughs> yeah so uh i feel like i want to maximize my cereal and just fill in with milk because i don't like soggy cereal i don't like well my, my cereal too milky
1: unless you're just trying to keep your cereal a little crunchier for just a little bit longer you put the it's milk i guess
2: it would be on the top but a then two few
1: moments longer <laughs>
2: yeah i don't know. <laughs> You have the added sweetness milk factor though. If you if you add the cereal, you first filter in it the through milk. the cereal exactly. It, yeah. Listen, it like, holds think, the flavor. So when you refill your cereal, the milk's already set up, and it's like I think we like know bonus. Th- the answer to this question. I th-
1: I think we gave that person <laughs> who asked this up way more.
0: <laughs> yeah, way more than they deserve. Honestly, like I'm 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 not even gonna pretend like it's okay to put your milk in first. Yeah, I we know should do they a they Episode on this I, on I, just I cereal. Like,
1: I like this hey, so- question and I like you, whoever you are. <laughs> it's funny. It's
0: it's all right. <laughs> Cereal is like one of my love languages. So it's like yeah, if you yes. get me going on uh people that eat cheese pizza, like I, I have no sympathy <laughs> for these people. Like I don't care how much how much I offend cheese people cheese pizza people, like <laughs> it's like a it's a problem. So <laughs> We could we could do an episode on food, pet peeves specifically, uh, probably. or um, er, Question seven. What was so attractive about moving to Portland for y'all? This is for you
2: guys because I never moved there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I think we, we really, like a lot of people, fell in love with the landscape. But one thing that was kind of a cool connection for us was our mom was actually born in Portland. And I feel like... Yeah, I didn't know, know that, that until like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. So she was born there and she only lived there for you know, a few years, she was just a kid, but, um, I think that was kind of a cool thing, but we went out there cause we had some shows. Um, we actually got a festival with Mick Minimans out there, Oktoberfest, and we'd been out there and kind of experienced the community and just like, it felt like a small town, but it also had the city feel. And then like the culture of like the outdoors and being able to go water skiing and snow skiing in the same weekend if you wanted to like the mountains and the beach are a few hours away from each other. Like there's all that stuff too. But when you factor in like the music community and just opportunities, like it felt like a really good time for where we were at in our career to get out of Nebraska, like we'd been there our whole life. And I feel like we, like we, we still love it and we love going home back there. And, and I think leaving was good because it kind of forced us to take a next step in building our career and like building our team. And I don't know if that would have happened the same way. Um, if we would have stayed in Nebraska and who's to say it wouldn't have, but yeah, the added factor of like a change of scenery, I think kind of brought about new inspiration and, um, it's a beautiful countryside out there. Like the, we don't live in the city. We, 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 live outside of it so like we've i guess we've ventured down there before bro but like we we tend to kind of like the farmland yeah (laughs) outside of it but it's it was a cool a cool place and we just felt felt really good about being there at the time in the season that we were in so i guess not any more uh crazy than that unless you have anything to add bro
1: yeah no i think i think you answered it just right and there's probably too many questions for me to go on about why i why i liked portland but
0: i think yeah might. it's a cool place um question eight if there's any one thing you could change about your past what would it be um if anything mm. um i'll leave this one off just because uh i normally answer this question with nothing because i'm a big believer in like um, your past experiences are what make you who you are and um, for better or for worse, or if you changed any of those things, you'd be a different person. Um, all that to say, I would go back and change a few of the like painfully awkward interactions that I have with people that uh, <laughs> I still lose sleep over to this day. Like uh, I, every, I think everyone can relate to like yes. Yeah staying up at night thinking about something stupid you said like in high school. I would go back and just not say that thing because it probably wasn't all that pivotal to like who I was as a person. Um, but more yeah, serious thing about it. Yeah, exactly. But that's like the only thing. It's like it just haunts me. So, um, a more serious answer than that though. I think if I could go back and change one thing about my past, it probably would have been to go back to like either high school me or college me and just like just force myself to chill out (laughs) a little bit, like not put so much pressure on myself to be this like perfect version of a man as an 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old person. Like, Mm. um, I, on purpose chose to not experience a lot of things that, um, I feel like most people experienced during those years. And now that I'm 25, which isn't all that far off, but now that my life is a lot more established and, um, you know, I, I'm in a career and I am in a serious relationship and all these things. Um, it's not to say that I'm not grateful and don't love all those things, but I look back on kind of like my prime years Uh, to just experience life and realize how many things I kind of missed out on because I was so focused on like being an adult when I was a a kid. I think I I mentioned that in an old episode that we had, but um, I was so focused on having my life together during the time when nobody has their life together, um, when I should have just been, you know, learning about who I am. Whereas now I'm I'm doing that now, but also without – without being able to look back on I look back on all these experiences that I missed out on versus mm. um, things that I did and learned from. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not like any one in particular thing, but just like the, the overarching idea of don't put so much pressure on yourself or life or every interaction that you have with mm. people
2: to be important or perfect. You know, yeah. wise words. It's good. I kind of, I kind of like how you said, if you could go back and tell yourself, I I feel like that's kind of where this question took me to is like, if I could really find myself in a, in a place where it was kind of pivotal or like transitional when I was younger, like I would say to not worry so much about image and not let Mm. it really dictate and kind of have power over me for a lot of my decision making or my choices or even things I said and things I did, I think I've noticed that overarching theme in my life of like worrying about this image and worrying about how things appear. Yeah. And I think some of it comes from like being a performer and making sure that everything looks and sounds the best that it can. It's presentable. And I mm. think having that same mentality in my personal life has, has made things pretty difficult. And I think right. that letting that go... And like learning how to not give a shit about what people think yeah. in a way that isn't coming across as an asshole, but it's coming across as like being genuinely okay with accepting yourself and yeah. mm-hmm. being okay with people not being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like I would definitely tell myself to, to let that go and to like be aware that it would be a problem <laughs> and yeah. yeah, say like, Hey, when you get older, you know, and I'd probably also tell myself like in college. You know maybe go to McDonald's like a little bit less Taco Bell a little <laughs> bit less that's it yeah
0: interesting
1: um I would say you know I hope this doesn't sound too superficial stacked against what you guys said but um I would say for me it'd be uh financials mm. um you know like coming from you know I basically stopped going to college because we were playing shows and after shows it was kind of like taking a stack of cash and just separating it between four people. And, um, I never really thought about how to put that away or save it or Mm. make it last. It was always just kind of like, okay, perfect. Now I can pay for gas and, uh, going to a restaurant, you know, uh, three times a week. And, you know, my rent that I was paying at the time, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel like anyone ever told me growing up and it's not for, not their fault at all. I just probably didn't listen. Like, you know, you one day you're gonna wish that you understood the value of money in a way that uh it benefits your life and your family and uh you know, it you, you don't have to be an asshole with money. You can you can use money in a good way and mm. um help it benefit your life and um you know, it's it's like uh you know you, you that first credit card you get you know before you, if you're a person like me who didn't really understand how that worked you know i i took that and said well now i can get whatever i want whenever right. i want right no no one really had said pay it off every month and uh it's only it, it can help you can run the credit card right you can run your financial life it's just that um there is a certain point that if you aren't on top of it, it can run you. And, uh, you know, at, at 28, now there's, there's some things I wish I, I wouldn't have done or that I wish I would have done actively to kind of s- set my, my future up too, you know, especially now with having my son, you know, I, uh, we're in a good place now. But that's only because it, we have, like, buckled down. You know, yeah. and, and it. I think there. I feel it, a lot of understanding for people that think that money is unlimited, as long mm-hmm. as you have the card with the capacity. Um, you know that could this could be a whole another episode too, but um, I think I wish some I wish someone would have told me that early on. You know the the value of money. You know, uh, without saying money is everything. Right. And then. And then I would have felt earlier on that I was a little more in control, like I feel now. But it, it sucks to be 28. It would have been really cool to be 25 and be like, okay, where I'm at now, where I'm in control of what's happening. Yeah. You know, there's just so much, you know, banks, credit cards, everything. that they, they, they benefit from you,
0: you know. Right. But you <laughs> can also you, benefit from them. That's the, yes, the lesson it,
1: too if you can take control of it then you can you can be on top yeah right hopefully that wasn't too much of a no nah, dude i don't I, that's not superficial
0: that. at all and i'm actually glad that you said that like i think that's that is a thing that a lot of people would probably say um yeah, whether they sure. realize it or not is like um
1: well, well i remember my mom telling me you know kind of a few years ago when i said mom i want to get everything in sorted she told me um your dad and i had to freeze our credit cards when we first got married like we put them in a bowl of water and froze them in the freezer because oh, we, wow. were, we were going to use them if and and she would tell anyone that you know and they took control and now they're yep. in a really good place you know where they they're running yeah, they worked so really hard you need to run it you need to run your own bank account
0: well yeah i mean a lot of people let let all that just kind of happen to them and right a lot of people use the well no one ever told me kind of as an excuse right. but there is i mean an entire internet full of i mean you have to be kind of <laughs> you, you kind of have to be careful cuz there's a lot of nut like quacks out there that <laughs> yeah. have terrible advice but on, um, pyramid schemes like when i when i got out of college i had no idea what i was doing and i i kind of leaned too far the opposite direction of being overly frugal just because I thought that's what I had to do, you know, until I realized that you can kind of like get, get all the main milestones checked
2: off and then whatever's left over. Allow the left. You can, over. Yeah, you can like enjoy that. that balance, right? Yeah. The balance takes a minute though. Like it is tough when you're, especially like in college and like out of college, you're just like, you're trying to learn the ropes still. And I feel like you still right. have to allow yourself to live. Otherwise you just, you end up just being miserable i feel like everybody kind of right goes through this that, is sort of
1: this is a tiny side note and i know we don't have a ton of time but i heard on the news today that this guy got a million dollar scratch ticket and then he drove around to a few errands that he had to do after he got the ticket he went to the auto shop yeah. went to lunch with his fiance, and told her at lunch with his fiancee he went to pull the ticket out and it wasn't in his pocket <sighs> <laughs> um he drove all over, retraced his steps, went back to the auto shop, and it was in the parking lot on the ground. Oh,
0: my god! A million dollars. Dude, he you should know? have bought another lottery ticket after <sighs> yeah, that. The odds of being just... able to find that thing, dude. Wow. Yeah. No, Man, no way. Crazy. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Yeah, we've got a couple more <laughs> questions here, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, number nine, what have you learned about yourselves uh, that surprised you during the pandemic, and did it impact your music? That's a good question. That's a heavy one. (laughs) I will
1: say that going back to my hometown and working the job that I did during the time reminded me that I am capable of more things than just music. I put Mm. so much of my identity in writing and performing, Um, being a musician. You know, I called myself that. If anybody asked me what I do, that's what I am. And this job reminded me that I'm still able to work with my hands and that there's uh, like strength in going and doing the same thing every day and and not necessarily wanting to be there but doing it for good reasons. Right. And uh and then also this, you know, now that we are full time in the in the airstream, you know, every day is moving, setting up camp again. Um you know, plugging in power water um everything and it 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 just feels good to be not at that job I was working, yeah, but taking care of this and knowing that I can do all this stuff, and it's a learning process too, like generators and I'm spending my nights looking at forums on like wattage and uh <laughs> you know power consumption that i you know i'm trying to I'm looking yeah. at diagrams like amps watts, voltage, right. you know, I still don't know what any of that means, but it's just, it's really good. It, I think it's really important for you to do something other than your main thing, mm. and, and this has been really good for me to, to be, um, I'm kind of nervous to pull out my guitar, which I know I'm going to do in the next couple of days because things are slowing down. Yeah. Um. Like the learning curve is coming down, so we're. I'm nervous because I think, I think the songs are going to be very like <laughs> heavy.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. But
1: <laughs> but maybe it's good, you know. Maybe yeah. that's a good thing. You know, we've we've been through a lot the last couple weeks, and and for better or worse. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not just you know all year the pandemic. You know, just being away from the job.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a good one of putting your identity in that I feel like that's kind of something I realized too is like we were so much a touring band before everything else and I think we we really pride ourselves on being able to tour a lot and play a lot and there was this element of sacrifice going on too behind the scenes of like mental health and just you know personal life and like everything that kind of took a toll Um, because of that. And I think I've learned about myself that I have a tendency to really put those things way down, like suppress that stuff for the sake of like getting something done and completing a job. And like, I've learned that I've had to, to restructure that and kind of like learn a balance. And like you said, bro, have other stuff outside of work. Cause like where music is fun and it's great and it's a passion, like it's also a job. And I feel like when you can kind of look at it from a standpoint of clocking in and clocking out, like work, it kind of makes it more healthy in a way. And, um, you know, being creative, I feel like you always have a melody might come to you at inconvenient time, like you're in line at the grocery store or you're, (laughs) it's 2 a.m you know, and you have this idea that pops into your brain. So I feel like it's a little different than like a nine to five in that sense. But I think there is a way to kind of um, learn how to restructure it. And that's something I've struggled with for a long time. So having the ability ability to like find passions, like go snowboarding, you know, go paddleboarding, go just like get out and do something else and like unplug from that has been really beneficial for me, but it's definitely a process. So I'm still, I'm still working on it. Might need another pandemic in order to (laughs) get on lock, but I don't want to say that. So careful what you wish for, man. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um,
0: I think the thing, (laughs) I think the thing that I learned about myself that surprised me was, um, how important boundaries are just in general in life Mm. and how bad I am at setting them. um, (laughs) And and this is like in terms of not just personal boundaries but professionally too, like setting boundaries with my work. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, um, it was really easy for me to work like seventy-hour weeks because I wasn't. There was no clock out. Like working from home was such an adjustment for me because I could just keep working, you know, until Mm -hmm. until I couldn't anymore. You know, if if a problem was if I was dealing with a problem uh, that I was trying to solve, like I have this tendency to just feel like i I can't stop working until I solve the problem at hand, which is mm-hmm. a good trait to have, but it can also be damaging um mm. and that's what I learned was that like there was a few times I was working like 9, 10 p m like and basically didn't get up and take four steps away from my desk, you know mm-hmm. um so being able to set boundaries there and just cut off and say. I mean, there's a line where eventually you're going to have to get it done. And sometimes you're crunch time and you have to pull those long hours, but um, Mm -hmm. more often than not, it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, And then personally as well, like I, my tendency is to kind of bend over backwards um, to do whatever makes anyone else feel comfortable and happy. And again, where this is generally. Regarded as a good trait of being like hospitable and courteous and selfless, um, I usually do it at the expense of my own well-being. Where like, if anybody requests anything from me, I will do. I will like drop whatever it takes to like make it happen for them. Um, mm-hmm. And like, if people ask me to do like go do something socially, I typically feel a lot of guilt around just saying no. Um, oh, yeah. So I'll end up spreading myself really thin amongst relationships and people and, and tasks um, without really getting mm. anything out of it for myself. So mm, that's um, good. I don't, don't think, think it's I ever,
2: not,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever realized how important it was um, because, because of the fact that I could kind of clock in and clock out and compartmentalize my life. But yeah. when everything takes place in the same place and then, there's also this pressure of like everyone else is going through this wild thing together. You know, yeah, I hmm. felt like I had to develop the skill of saying, of knowing when to say no and take time mm-hmm. for myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen so, to that.
1: I think that's important.
0: Um, and then wrapping it up with question number 10, what is the best and worst advice you've ever been given? <laughs> um. This one could be super deep, but I'm just going to give my answer right now um, at the, the risk of sounding cheesy. The best and worst advice I've ever been given is you only live once.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of truth to it and kind of going back to where I would go back to my past self and just like let myself enjoy life a little bit. I mean, you, only, you do only get one life, right? So try to enjoy it. To whatever you whatever you what? can
1: you don't think we come back as like a bird or something
0: well i mean jury's <laughs> still out i think i'm brand new so i don't know yet but um but i also think i also think that mentality can get you into a lot of trouble really quickly you know yeah. um i mean even just to bring it back to talking about finances and stuff like that like people use yolo as a terrible excuse to make terrible yes. financial decisions pretty often so right um i think it's one of those things that can be applied in healthy doses, but also
2: you should be pretty careful with, but that's my answer. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's good. I get that. I feel like mine's kind of, I could really dissect it too, but, um, I feel like when somebody has said, play every show, like it's a sold out Red Rocks, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't think that, I think where the intentions are good, I don't think that that's a good idea because you want to play the room. Like I think, really taking um a look at where you're at and like reading the room and being able to like play the show to that specific audience like no show is ever exactly the same so to say play every show like it's sold out red rocks like if you're playing a acoustic show and it's like you know uh, like a listening room or a a theater and it's kind of got that like speakeasy vibe going on and you rush out on stage with your acoustic wrapped around, and you know, you come up to the mic and, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Red Rock! You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. People are going to be like, Bro, Everyone spills their drinks because you scared the yeah. shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it easy, man. It's Thursday. It's 7.30. Like, you know, <laughs> right. we're in, we're in, uh, not, we're not at Red Rocks. And I think right. that that's, like, the energy and you should always have this, like, mentality of you want the show to be good and you want to put on the best show as possible but i just don't agree with and some people might say you know this is wrong but i just don't agree with that like play every show like it's red rocks because it just would not end well i feel like yeah you have to play every show like it is the show that you're about to play right there it is
0: i I like what you said that every every experience deserves a unique amount of attention because it's a unique Mm. experience in a way yeah,
1: yeah. I like that. I don't, I don't really listen to anybody that gives me like advice other than <laughs> you guys. And even when you guys do, I don't really listen to you unless I think <laughs> you you're right. But we I'd know. say you know I know this one's really broad, but yeah. that whole thing about living every day like it's your last, I think. Yeah, there's something to waking up and. Filling your day with things that are important and going to bed with that satisfaction of knowing that you did quite a lot. And, uh, there's also something to those Sundays when you wake up and you stay in your sweatpants all day and you make pancakes and you watch Netflix and you maybe go for a walk with your dog, but maybe your dog just wants to chill and, um, you know, I think if I was actually living like every day was my last, I would be a very frazzled, psychotic individual. <laughs> you know, if if someone came and told me tonight, hey, you have tomorrow and then that's it. All the things I would do, you know, would be based around other people and making sure everybody knew yeah. how much I cared about them. You know, I think you think, oh, I'd go skydiving and like scuba diving and I'd go in a shark cage and it's like. No, I don't really think you would. I think you just want to make sure that whatever you left behind was good enough for everybody that you were leaving behind, right? Because that's all that's left here. But it kind of frustrates me when people think that. Or, like, sometimes I'll come across a TikTok where a guy's just like, hey, don't worry. You're in complete control of your life. Do whatever you want. Just be happy. I'm like, no, man. No, I'm not just going to be happy today. I got stuff to do man i got i got things that are weighing on me you know i can't live like every day is my last i know life is finite and i know we're only here for a short amount of time and you don't really get to say when you head out yeah but really just i think that quiet um discernment and discipline and moving forward and trying to find the balance of enjoying life at the same time as. Setting anyone else up in your life for like a future and yourself up for a future is important. It's it's a steady I think life is a slow burn. It's yeah. not just like you you pour a gasoline all over it and burn it. It's whenever you go, you go, but you gotta take it slow.
0: Yeah. Amen. If wise. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, twenty five episodes. Uh, we can't wait for episode fifty, so we can do one of these Q and A's again. I love yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love these. Uh, I think we are gonna probably going to have to. right? Oh yeah, we are. Uh, Should what- we mention well, who's on board? Well, I mean, by the time this episode
2: drops, uh, the, the oh. winner will have won. So yeah, we can say oh. whoever's on board. <laughs> that's that's true. So I guess we can just give a shout out to our friends at Sennheiser for uh going in on this giveaway for the winner and i guess it's gonna be already announced yeah like you said so i guess the winner has already gotten a pair of these bluetooth cx 400s they're just like the bluetooth earbuds that are really cool and they sound really great so thanks for uh thanks to our friends at sennheiser for for doing that yeah Mm. hell yeah Maybe they're listening to the podcast on their pair of headphones at the. Dude, Who knows? <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't that'd that be, be pretty sick. Oh. That'd be pretty sick. If you are, send us a message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with us for 25 episodes, and we hope to have you for 25 more at least. Uh, be sure to comment, subscribe, rate if you haven't already, and be sure to hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vane. Let us know uh, some things that you want to hear more of in the future um, and let us know what you thought of our responses to these questions. And if your question did not get answered in the recording, uh, we will be answering them like in stories like we usually do, probably with some goofy GIFs or GIFs associated (laughs) with them. Um, Thanks again for, for hanging out with us. And until next time, we'll see you guys. See ya.